Welcome, everybody, to Inside Boxing on the Grueling Truth Sports Network. As always, you can check us out on Twitter at Grueling Truth. Make sure you go to Facebook, follow us there, like, subscribe on YouTube, and check out BetMGM, the best place for betting on any sports, especially boxing. You will find the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube. I am your host, Mike Goodpaster. Right now, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, John Respondi. How you doing, John? Doing great, Mike. Always a pleasure. Really want to talk about uh, these fights this past uh, weekend and before that. Yeah, I mean, in the past week, we've had maybe two of the best performances of this century. I, and I don't think, I mean, everybody has a little recency bias when they see something they think's great. I don't think that's the case here, John. I think what we saw are two guys that are legends at their weight divisions at 118, even though he fought at 122. But, I mean, to me, in a way, I think he's cemented himself as a top 10 bantamweight possibly of all time. And I think Terrence Crawford's put himself in this conversation for a top 10 welterweight of all time. Yeah, definitely. In a way, I, I mean, I, I I thought Fulton was going to give him some trouble, but you could see in the first round that Fulton was like, holy moly. I, I mean, you'd think, you'd think in a way that, that you kind of would have an idea, but I guess it's that old saying, Mike, that you know you have an idea, but when you get in there, it's totally different. And it, it, it appeared that way that uh, Fulton was like, man, this guy's a lot faster than I thought. He's so accurate. I, I, I can't. He got tentative which you don't see from Philadelphia fighters. So, you know, it was just on, you talk about levels. Anyway, it was on another level. And then we certainly didn't expect that with Crawford and Spence. We, there were some people that were thinking that, that Inouye would run over Fulton, but I wasn't one of them. I thought Inouye would win, but I didn't think he would dominate like he did. And then you have Crawford, who pretty much does the same thing to Spence, where he's got Spence completely bamboozled, and, and Spence doesn't have answers to anything that Crawford's doing, and he, his hand speed, you know, Crawford's hand speed and that jarring jab, it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a brilliant performance by Terrence Crawford. Just yeah, and, and we'll start off talking about the Crawford Spence fight. And one thing I did notice is this: Showtime Boxing, they need new announcers. Almost yeah. everybody that has announcers does. Al Bernstein, I can deal with, but what is his name, Mario Rinaldi or whatever it is, and Abner Morris, I could do without. I thought the pay-per-view card at $84.99, you're obviously paying for the main event. I thought the undercard was weak. It was sad to see Nanito Donaire go out the way he did, though. Yeah, I, I was curious about Donaire, and he started good. He started he started fine, uh, but he started to run out of gas a little, and his age showed. And when when Jim Gray, uh, that classy announcer in the ring, asked him, asked him about age, he goes, absolutely not. Wait a second. Nobody's ever called Jim Gray classy. That's right. You know, you heard the dripping sarcasm. Uh, and he's and Nonito said, absolutely not. It's like, no, Nonito, absolutely. I mean, he, he didn't get old overnight in that fight, but he looked worse in that fight than he did in his previous fights. So, I mean, you can't help it. He's 40 years old. He's had a, a wonderful career. It's just so hard to let go, you know, and I've, I've talked about it. You and I have talked about this. I've written about it. It's just so hard to think of being so young, in a sense, and then having to stop something you love. And that that is tough for a lot of fighters. But I hope Nonito, whoever his friends are, whatever, tell him straight and don't go, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're fine. You can you're, you're there. Uh, if this guy had been more powerful and, and a little more accurate, he'd have knocked him out. 
So we don't want to see him go out like that. I mean, he's a class act all the way, and and hopefully he'll just reconsider. But I don't know. Based on what I heard afterwards, sounds like he wants to when he wants to continue. All right. So let's go to Terrence Crawford. And not only can he call himself undisputed for a second time and then another weight class, but as we said, he is approaching all-time status. He had a brutal exhibition of power and poise that has basically sent, sent shockwaves through boxing because I really didn't have a whole lot of doubt Crawford was going to win. I didn't think it would be this easy. I did pick him by like an 11th round knockout, but I didn't yep. think it would like be a complete one-sided ass whipping the entire time. Completely. I was with you. I was thinking the decision or slate stoppage. That's where I was thinking too. I, I thought, I think we were on agreement. We were thinking four or five rounds. Spence would be doing pretty well, maybe even winning the fight. And then Crawford would start doing what he does, which is figuring him out and since start dismantling him and picking him apart. He started picking him apart in the second round. He was even picking at him a little in the first, even though they didn't do very much in the first round, as we know. But in the second, it all changed, and, and that was it. The minute he knocked him down, I mean, he was already starting to pick up. You could see it. He was getting his timing, his 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 reflexes. You know, Crawford is just a natural athlete, Mike. And, you know, we played sports all our lives. You just know when somebody just is a natural, and he is. He's got the faster reflexes, reactions. Some of these guys could just see things quicker than others, and, and that was what was, was, was going on here. No, no, no criticism of Spence. He's a really, really good fighter. But you're, when you're facing somebody that has this natural skill, talent, like a Larry Bird, like a, like a, a Magic Johnson, like those guys, Jordan, they see things before you see them, and but by the time you react, it's over. And Crawford did that. I mean, he was just a blink of an eye. minute Spence would miss it, bam, he'd pop him and it was just, it was just uh, great to watch. I didn't mind the fact that it was so one-sided. You know, people, oh well, you know, we paid all this money for one-sided beatdown. I didn't really care because it was, it was a showcase of, of, of brilliant fighting, and I, you don't see that very often, especially yeah. nowadays. So it was enjoyable for that. Yeah, and this fight is a fight that just got worse as the rounds went on. I mean, Crawford rattled Spence with power shots, counters. I mean, I, I think almost everything they showed, he landed right around 50% of all punches he threw. He dropped Spence twice in the seventh round. He dropped him in the second. And uh, a lot of people will say, well, maybe the car wreck took something out of Spence. Nobody was saying that before, though. And <laughs> would it be Dugas? Nobody said that. No. And a lot of people still thought Spence had a chance in this fight and would win this fight. But... The way this was done, I didn't think Spence looked terrible in the first four or five rounds. I think that the other guy, Crawford, was just better. And the thing that really got me was this. Spence obviously has a lot of balls. He stood in there and fought. But from about the end of the fifth round on, it was more like he was fighting for survival than to actually try to win the fight. Yeah, it's not like anything. You could see that he just thought, look, I tried this. Uh, my corner is telling me to jab. I'm jabbing. I'm getting out-jabbed. I'm getting jarred by these these jabs, so-called jabs from a, a, a guy who's fighting southpaw when he can fight both ways, and he's right-handed, so his right hand is popping me in the face over and over again. I tried to move. I threw bombs from the outside. I hit him with a couple of really heavy shots, as we were talking about last night. Didn't even blink, didn't bother him a bit. Then he just came back and whooped on me. So, yeah, he was trying hard at the end, but there seemed to be a little sense of, hmm, I'm, I'm getting my ass kicked, and that's just the way it is. I'll keep trying until they stop it, but it was almost a resignation. You could see where he was like, man, I, I knew this guy was good too, but I didn't think he was this good. Yeah, and now the problem is this. 
I mean, we've seen in the past Crawford had a hard time getting anybody to fight him, including Spence. Where does he go from here? Because if you look at a 147-pound division, the only fight that really stands out left to me is Boots Ennis. And Boots is a young dude. I don't think Boots is anywhere near ready to fight Terrence Crawford. Because Even though I think Boots is a hell of a fighter, I don't know that anybody at 154. I mean, at 154, you got Tim Zhu, Josh Kelly, Brian Mendoza, Fedora, Ramos Smith, Madrimov. I mean, where do you go from here? Because, of course, Jermel Charlo has all four lockdown or all four belts on lockdown. He's going to face Canelo Alvarez at 168, which sacks would be disgusting. Because right now, the perfect fight would be Alvarez fights Benavidez. And maybe in December, Charlo fights Crawford. And Crawford has a chance to be the third guy or the first guy to win all the belts. Even though, to me, I, that gets kind of annoying to hear because there was a time and place where there was only one champion. And to hear them equate what Terrence Crawford did with what Clarissa Shields did is absolutely asinine. Yeah, I know. I agree. I I, I, I just – it's still sort of mind-boggling. I, mean, I think it's just more impressive to throw these numbers at you. And it's not. It, what it does to me is it diminishes things. It shows you how stupid things have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it just makes it look weak. I mean, this is what we live in now where the more you got, the more impressive it is. No. It's not that. It, it, he's undisputed in two divisions now in his career. He was a lightweight champion before that. He went to Glasgow and beat Ricky Burns up. There, there doesn't, he doesn't need to have eight belts over his shoulders or whatever or four. He's done it. He's undisputed. Nobody questions that. Why we think this mass numbers of things like IBF, IBO, W, all this stuff is impressive is not. He's the guy. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I'm just an old fogey when it comes to this. I'm never going to quite understand it and since i'm an old fogey i'm also old fogey about the way they're doing weigh-ins now mike this is something not to do with the fight what was that, like 36 hours before the fight is when these guys actually weighed in correct yeah and then they do a ceremonial weigh-in so the crowd could cheer and scream it's like what is that all about well you know the thing i don't trust is it's boxing so how do we know either guy even made weight well, see, now there's that, that, and there's that, and and you're right. I mean, you're you're more cynical about it than I am, but or maybe more realistic. Boxing has had so many black eyes in its career that, in, in its lifetime, that you always can. Really, why are we doing this in private? What what are we hiding? What are we afraid of? Yeah, so, because do you really think with the amount of money involved in this fight, if one of them showed up two pounds overweight, that they're even going to tell us? No, no, because <laughs> it it hurts the fight. Yes. And we don't know the pay-per-view numbers it did yet. My guess is somewhere between 500 and 700, maybe 800,000. Feels right. Um, that That is what I think it would be. And I, I just think it's a, ch a shame that Canelo lost these balls a few years back and is fighting the 154-pound champion because we could add two super fights over the next six months again. Yeah, he, he is he ever going to fight Benavides? I mean, a lot of people are saying that Charlo's going to give him hell. Um, I think Canelo beat him, but but he might because Canelo seems to have slipped a little bit from what I saw. Yeah, but you got to remember this: the Charlo he's fighting outside of being two weight classes lower is also the lesser of the two Charlos. Yeah, there is that. So it, it, we'll see. Uh, it's, it's still an interesting fight. I will definitely tune in, write about it for the grueling truth, everything about it, but. 
I don't know. Canelo definitely has to know deep down in his soul that it's Benavidez, but he he doesn't really want to fight him, and, and he's running out of reasons why not. And 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 he said he doesn't want two Mexicans to fight each other. Come on, man. That's not going to fly. Hell, that would be huge pay-per-view numbers. Why exactly. wouldn't he want so to fight each other? He'll, he'll, he'll probably, I want to say he will do it at some point, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. He might just retire suddenly. Who knows? He's got so much money now. Uh, he just, he saw what Benavides did to Caleb Plant, and, and I'm sure he thought, hmm, I mean, I did the same thing to Caleb Plant in a way, but he beat up Caleb Plant even more. So, but that's the fight everybody wants, and that's the fight that should happen. What do you think? What are the chances that Crawford was to go to 160 and Alvarez can meet him there? I don't think Crawford, you know, it's funny. Crawford is not a real big guy as far as physically. I don't think so either. I'm just saying this. I I just don't think Canelo is going to do anything outside of the box right now. I think he is safe. Um, Baval dominated him, won nine out of 12 rounds, but then he had to build an excuse if I was fighting at light heavyweight which is why I believe directly he did not want to fight Bavall at 168 because he could fight Bavall in any way. He's getting his ass kicked. And I, I don't know. It's just I, I don't think Canelo belongs on a top 10 Mexican fighters of all time list. Oh, I don't agree with that. I think he's done well, but I, I certainly but No, I didn't it. say he didn't do well, but there's a lot of great Mexican fighters. Well, yeah, there is. You're the you're the, you're the Mr. List man. You're doing all the lists all the time. But I, I I would put him I would do I would put him on the list there. But uh, it's just disappointing that 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 he he's doing that. Is he cashing in? Is he trying to get the most money he can? Uh, like a Tyson Fury. I'm wondering about him. Is he doing the same kind of thing where I'm going to make the most money then I'm going to walk away? I don't know. But uh, he's lost a lot of respect, Canelo, and he's very polarizing, Mike. You know that. A lot of people like him. A lot of people don't like him because of the reasons that you stated. Well, put it like this. I do have a list for this. Of course. And if you want to look at my top nine, just tell me who you would put him in front of. we got Salvador Sanchez, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, Ruben Olivares, Carlos Zarate, Miguel Canto, Juan Manuel Marquez, Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales. That's tough. Canto, maybe. I don't know. Um, if you win it, you expanded it to 10, you'd make him number 10. No, I wouldn't. Well, I don't know yeah. if I would or not because I didn't expand it to 10. But yeah, we'll I make mean, him number 10 then. Yeah, but, I, but remember this. Canto was one of the greatest flyweights in history. He defended his title 14 straight times, and those defenses were against quality fighters like Gonzalez, Madeira, Vargas, and Avilar. So I, I really don't think there's a comparison. Now, I think it's the, I think it's possible he is one of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. But damn it, you've got to fight guys like Benavides, the bigger Charlo. You've got to fight those guys. You've got to fight Golovkin three years before he did the first time. And I'm yeah. sorry, but Golovkin whipped his ass the first time. The second fight was really close. And then he makes him wait until he's 40 years old and get an AARP cards before he fights him a third time. Yeah, and it's hard to argue against that. That's the thing. He said that that he he did it. He took full advantage of the situation. He made Golovkin wait. And and that's always going to be sitting in my craw, too, because Golovkin, I agree, Golovkin did beat him in the first fight. Hell of a fight. Second fight, he could have won that one, too. Shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have lost it. Should have been a draw. He could have easily been 2-0 and when they fought the third time. Never going to be. Canelo's always going to have that victory in the draw in the first fight. So, 
um, um, it's just disappointing that that happened. And 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 I I just it's always going to be hard to rave about Canelo in some ways, just even though I think he's a very good fighter. There's those blemishes blemishes on his resume. Well, remember his first title win was against Matthew Hyde. I do remember. I watched it on HBO a zillion years ago, and, and it was a joke then, too. He's fighting a, a guy who's blown up whatever he was, and the guy didn't have a chance against him. It was like he was being set up to succeed. and It's, just, it's, it's just, always been like he's been set up to succeed, where guys like Salvador Sanchez, Julio Cesar Chavez were not. Well, and then back to the guy we've been talking about, Terrence Crawford. I mean, who set up him to succeed? Nobody. I mean, you talk about a guy that you talk about a guy uh, earning his stripes, paying his dues, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. He didn't have anybody. He had Bob Arum, and then Arum was complaining that he 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 lost more more. He could buy a new house in Beverly Hills. Something I'm misquoting it, but that he uh, on all the money that he lost from Terrence Crawford fights. I mean, thanks a lot, Mr. Promoter. That must have made me made it feel really good. But back to Crawford for a second. The one thing about him, Mike, and I was watching. A little, little bit about a little bit about the fight before uh, we came out here is, and I never remember thinking of the same thing. Is have you ever seen anybody? You probably have. I might have, but not recently. Somebody who was so laser focused. I mean, even walking up the to Marvin the Hagler. Yeah, I mean, simple, to, me, to me, that's kind of the guy he reminds me of. Even oh, though really? I know they didn't fight exactly the same, but I mean, they both can switch right to left fairly seamlessly which he didn't even do in this fight. Nope. And just the work ethic, the fact that they are quiet guys, they had to do everything the hard way. And I'm not equating Crawford saying he's as great as Hagler, but I'm not saying that he's not as great as Hagler. And that was the thing that struck me about the fifth round. And I told you this, we had this discussion where mm -hmm. I actually stopped thinking about who's going to win the fight. I was hoping that it would go to the 11th round since I picked Crawford by 11th round KO. But the thing that really started to go through my mind was, could this guy beat Leonard Benitez, Duran, Hearns? Yeah. Could he have beaten them on his best night? And the thing is this, I there's not one of those guys I can unequivocally say would be able to beat Terrence Crawford easily. Now, I'm not saying that he beats them all. I'm not saying he beats three out of four. I'm just saying it's going to be a life or death match either way. And really... I mean, I think he beats a welterweight Durant. I, and I think he has a decent shot against Hearns. I think he beats Benitez. And I think the only guy there that I think legitimately I am pretty sure that would beat him is Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, and, and they're similar in the fact that they're both dogs. You know, they're so... Well, they're, all all four of them were dogs. Yeah, no, that's, that's but, why he's on that level. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's in the conversation is 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 pretty cool. I and mean, he belongs there. I mean, he's a mean like like Leonard was. And then his counterpunching ability, Mike, is just extraordinary. So he could have gave all those guys, he, and he could have beat him. I mean, Hearns with the big reach and everything and the great right hand, he could have taken that right hand and countered Hearns like, say, Iran Barkley did. That That's why I think he beats Hearns, because I think eventually he counters him because – like Hagler, he's a great counterpuncher. Because a lot of people think, you know, Marvin Hagler was a brawler or something. And when you watch yeah. him, he was the exact opposite. What it was is Hagler and Hearns decided to settle their shit immediately in round one when they fought each other because neither one of those guys were really guys that would come out and just try to wipe you out. I mean, Hearns might wipe you out in the first or second round, but like Pepino Cuevas and Roberto Duran, he set it up. And when I look at it to me, 
if you look at the top 10 welterweights of all time, I don't know that Terrence Crawford isn't in the top five or six. Yeah, and, and he should be now. And, and he's another guy that, and when he said that nobody gave me a chance, I mean, that's not true in a sense. But in a way, there has been so many doubters over that guy uh, in his entire career, uh, including his promoter, as I said, who might not have said he wasn't as good as he was, but he didn't support him in the ways he should have, I think. He's just proved everybody wrong, and that's the ultimate great thing about life when you can prove people wrong when they're saying all these things about you. And then to be in that conversation with those greats that we've been talking about, I mean, that says it all. And and, and he did it. He did it on Saturday night. It's nothing like rising to the occasion when, when the most important fight of your career. And, and he was primed, ready to go, and, and, and he did it. It was, it was just a brilliant display, as I've already said. Yeah. Uh, the saddest thing about all of this is the only thing we have is the eye test with it. Because there's not enough competition for him, like there was for Leonard Durant, Benitez, Hearns, to be able to prove exactly how good they are. Because, you know, Sugar Ray Robbins had a lot of guys that were Hall of Famers. He got to fight. You know, all the guys we just talked about, the Fab Four. Well, it'll be the Fab Three. We'll leave out Hagler because he's too big for Crawford. But those guys all had guys that could stretch them, that could take them to deep water. I mean, to me, the greatness of Sugar Ray Leonard was the first fight against Hearns where he basically had to track Hearns down and knock him out because he was losing. We will probably never know unless it's when it gets even older what Terrence Crawford is made of in a situation like that. I can tell you this, though. From what I saw, it as hard as Spence was hitting him, I don't know too many welterweights they are going to put him down. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, too, and, and you mentioned this last night when we were talking. Spence did nail him with some shots, as I mentioned earlier. Hit him on the shin, and he didn't even blink, and he hit him with some really wicked body shots. Yeah. You can go back and watch the highlights. And, again, Crawford, it might have bothered him, but you're not going to know it by his face. He's just It's just impassive. He just looks right at you, and, and that's got to be disturbing. And that was the big difference, too, is that every time that Crawford would really uh, connect uh, cleanly, it bothered Spence. And, he, and, and Spence would connect. It didn't bother didn't bother Bud, who who there was a question about strength going in. You know, Spence was going to be stronger in a lot of ways, but he had Spence teetering. Crawford was just a stronger, and I just think mentally he was more. Well, how about this? I think Spence in. screwed up at waiting five or six years because what he did is he allowed Crawford to grow naturally into the weight. And, I mean, now Crawford is, I think, second behind Peter Biev for the most consecutive knockouts and title fights. Yeah. Currently, I think he's got 11 now, 11, around there, 11, 11 or 12. And I think he grew into the weight. And what we saw, and like I told you, I equated to watch the Super Bowl 24. When Joe Montana played almost a perfect game, the 49ers destroyed the Broncos. But I watched the whole thing because even though it was an ass-whipping, I realized that I was watching somebody who was as perfect as any quarterback has ever been on the biggest stage. That's what Terrence Crawford just did. And, you know, the Denver Bronco team was really good, just like Errol Spence was really good. But Terrence Crawford made Errol Spence look very average, very ordinary on that night. He did, and that, that's a really good uh, comparison because when you, you don't see that kind of greatness very often, and, and you cannot like it if you're on the other side, and, and but you got to give it what it is. And you got to, in my opinion, you have to admit the, the honesty of it. It's like me with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. As much as I wanted Muhammad Ali to win the first fight, 
I really respected everything that Joe Frazier did in that fight to win. He won that fight. He fought great. Never fought that well again. Uh, you know, will that be the Terrence Crawford thing? Will he ever fight this good again? I would say yes. But then on the flip side, Mike, what is Errol, where does Errol Spence go? He's still talking about wanting a rematch at 154 pounds. He probably can't believe what happened to him. I'm I don't see that. where a rematch is sellable right now. It's I don't I agree, but him in his mind, he probably still can't believe it. He's probably home in his nice place in Texas, sitting there still going, God, I don't understand what happened. Just go back and watch the film, Errol, and you'll see what happened. But he probably doesn't want to yet. Probably still sore and and, and everything. And, and how many times have has have we seen a fight like this turn out different the second time? I can't see that at all. And and, no. and Spence, I, I, I'm sure there's been a couple occasions. I can't yeah. remember off. I mean, like to me, I remember like prior Arguello. Second fight was a very competitive fight, but Arguello was broke from the first fight because of the punches he took. And I just think Spence, he may be younger than Crawford. But he might really be older just from the stuff he's his body's been through the last five or six years. He looked like the older guy. I think Crawford's 35 and Spence is 33. His body looked. I mean, the the the, the classic one that you talk about rematches is Joe Lewis and Max Rowling, too, what he did. But but then then you have Joe Lewis and Billy Kahn, the second fight five years later. Well, it was just not a good fight. And Joe Lewis is yeah, not I, I think that is the majority of how this usually turns out. I think the Lewis Schmeling thing, we had a little difference. I think Schmeling was right at the end of his prime. I think Lewis was right at the start of his. And by the time they fought two or three years later, Lewis is directly in his prime and Schmeling's pretty much past his prime. True. And, but Spence is also saying, I know I can do better. And he might. He might do better in the early rounds. He round, can't but, do much worse, John. Yeah. The, the, the Oscar De La Hoya, Julio Cesar Chavez second fight was actually a better fight than the first because Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. didn't get the, the, the bad cut on his eyes. And, and Oscar, instead of boxing him, he actually stood in the pocket and fired with him more, which made the fight actually better, maybe a touch more competitive, but the outcome was the same. And that might be the same thing here where maybe Crawford might win two rounds. And, and I mean, sorry, Spence might win uh, two rounds, maybe even more, but Crawford will just eventually just roll him over and, and, and stop him again. I think if I'm Spence's, Spence's people, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm telling them, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to take a break. If he loses a second one to Crawford, his career is pretty much done. That's it. I mean, it, it almost looked over after this fight to me. It was almost like, gosh, you know, you don't really need to do this anymore, Errol. He's had a a good career. He's he's so lucky to be alive. That would be what I would be telling myself. So fortunate to be alive. And he's got millions in the bank now. What has he got to prove? I mean, I know it's bothering him, his ego. I, I'm, I'm assuming it is. I would think that's a pretty fair assumption that this happened. But He's got a great life from what I understand. And he's, he's a very decent guy. And that was the other thing I liked, Mike, real quick, is these guys are both decent guys. And they had a lot of respect for each other. There wasn't any of these shenanigans going on. Very classy after the fight. And I, I believe that the thing is with, with Crawford is he thanked Spence for, for waiting and staying at 147 to fight him. And, and that's true. So Crawford probably feels like he owes Spence a rematch because of what, what Spence did. I would did. say so, also, though, doesn't he have to fight Ennis before he moves up? Yeah, and yes, in a way. I mean, that's what people are. That's what people are going to be saying. That's what they're going to be clamoring because for. Because that is, Ennis. to me, that's the most competitive fight out there for him at forty-seven or fifty-four. Even in Kaling Charlo at fifty-four, even though he's not going to be there because he's going to fight Canelo. But I think Boots is a guy that we don't know if he's on that level, but he might be. I mean, we we already know that every other welterweight's getting, you know, 
drug if they go fight Terrence Crawford. I think Ennis is the only guy there's any question with now. He is really good. Been high on him for years. You and me both, and and he is very very good, and 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 shows it. Every I, I don't fight. think he's this good, though. No, I think that Crawford countering ability would really cause Boots some problems, and he can be hit, and uh, he has flaws sometimes in his defense. So that would be uh, a real problem. Really, the other question is this, John: Does Boots even want to do that? Because if he hangs out for a few months, Crawford's probably moving up to fight Spence again, or he moves up to fight Zoo or somebody, and the belt is basically right there for Ennis to, Ennis to take. Yeah, and, and and his dad, that would, might be what his father is saying. Uh, yeah, if I'm his dad, I'm keeping the hell away from Terrence Crawford, at yeah, least for a couple of years. Yeah, well, yeah, there it is. See, we wait till he's 37, and, and yeah, it's really up to Terrence. I mean, what does he want? How much longer will he go? I mean, he, he doesn't have, really have anything else to prove unless he wants to win another belt, and he's been undisputed twice now. So there are some, there are some real questions these guys have to ask themselves, and uh, Terrence Crawford will probably fight Spence again for the reasons that I stated, that he probably feels like he owes him, and, and Spence Spence wants it again. Okay. I, you're thinking to yourself, if you're Crawford, oh, well, uh, he can do whatever. I know how, I know what it takes to beat him. So it's another, in a sense, not, we're not going to say an easy payday because Spence is dangerous still. The guy can punch. Does, does, it become, does the rematch become tougher because it's at 154, or does that really matter in your mind? Uh, it might, it, it might, and they might, you might have an even more determined Spence to prove that the first fight was, a, was to, in his mind, a fluke, but the cream always rises. So Crawford would win. It might be more like Julio Cesar Chavez, Oscar, the second fight was slightly more competitive, but Oscar stopped him in eight. Might be more like that. How about this? I think it's more Matthew Saad Muhammad to White Braxton. I well, think he was... lasted pretty long the first time, but to say, I, I just think with everything Spence went through, with the beating he just took, I think that's probably about it for him. That was a sad one to watch because I absolutely loved Matthew Saad Muhammad. So the rematch was just, it was over in the first round, basically. Again, almost but similar. You knew it was listed. over. I mean, hell, you knew yeah. it was over watching the first fight because Braxton was just quick and Saad Muhammad didn't have it anymore. Not the yeah. same here because I don't think Spence was done going into this fight. So it's a little bit different, but that's just what I think. I think yeah. that their styles, I think Terrence Crawford, the scary thing about Crawford and why he's like a Leonard or a Hearns possibly or a Duran is the fact that he can adapt to almost any style that he has to fight to beat you. And most people have a plan A and plan B. He's got plan A through plan L. I mean, he's got so many ways he can beat you that it makes it damn near impossible to do it. Yeah, and that's what Muhammad Ali would do is also is he would think of something on the fly and, and, and apply it in the ring. And that and that's just some kind of, again, that's just a natural way. Back to Oscar again, I don't mean to make this Oscar deal, but there, there was an issue that he had problems with. He had a hard time adapting or changing things. His plan wasn't, wasn't working the way it should have. And Oscar's a great fighter. Oscar is an underrated fighter. He was a great fighter. The documentary on him is really, really, really well done. But uh, Crawford... The way he can on the fly change his plans, or he had a he had a he didn't have to do really anything here. He had a plan going in, and he applied it perfectly. And it, I mean, it was it was it was boxing at its best and its most brutal. All right, so let me ask you this: We talked about it anyway. We talked about Crawford. Who should be number one pound for pound right now? Crawford. Yeah, yeah Crawford. But Crawford I, I also how about this though? On Wednesday. 
did you think there was any way that Crawford would be the number one over Inouye after what you saw from Inouye? No, because I thought the fight was going to be much more competitive, and I, I would have had wouldn't have had a problem making Crawford number two because I figured he was going to win, like we were saying. But I didn't think it was going to be like this, so dominant, so great. I mean, this was the best he'd ever looked in his career, from what I, what I remember seeing. And I've seen quite a few of Crawford's fights; he always looks good, but here he looked great. And I don't throw that word "great" around very much. So did Inaway. Inaway was just on point from the beginning. Similar in the sense, Mike, that that Inaway was so focused. Like Crawford, and you could see that uh, back to Spence and Crawford for a split second. You could see that when they were standing in the corners, the way Spence was standing there, like, "Yeah, okay, I'm here." Crawford was just looking over at him, you know. And and they just some guys just can do that; they can concentrate so well. And anyway, he was doing the same thing. Anyway, knew exactly what he had to do. And his the the, the thing that I compare them to is that it was their performances were both systematic in the way that they broke down these guys. Anyway. Fulton never had a chance. Fulton doesn't hit hard enough to really bother in a way. And in a way, he's just started to get more and more aggressive as the fight went on. And 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 it was definitely a beatdown and a shocker to Fulton. And the way he got flattened in the seventh round was like, wow. So it was, a, it was another great performance, but it's almost like a great acting in a sense. You go, wow, that's the best performance I've ever seen from somebody. And then you see another one, you go, oh, well, maybe this guy was even better. So it was it was one of those things. So where does Fulton go from here? Because I don't think there's a lot out there at 118 or 122 for him. Can he go to 126? Can he go to 130? Well, he, he's talking about just like Spence. Oh, well, I hope they give me another shot down the road. And he didn't give, in a way, much credit for what he did to him. He just kept saying it was on him. He was disappointed in himself. I mean, come on, man. You know, you can you, you can say that. I know it's hard to admit that this guy got the better of you like that, but you can give him his due. I mean, I, I that, that's something. It's hard. I know. I get it. But a very competitive person. I don't like hell. I wouldn't even let him like shaking hands with an opponent because I I wanted to beat him so bad. But you know, it was it was it was what it was. I you know I don't know if you're Fulton. I don't know what you do. You probably stay at the same weight and and but you're not going to fight anyway again um go down to 118 i don't know when the last time he fought at 118 he's 122 he's been set there for a while he was supposed to be the bigger guy and he was as far as height goes but in a way was the bigger guy physically in the ring and 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 he just overpowered him so i, I there's a lot of questions he's got to ask himself too is where where he wants to go from here and he can call himself elite all he wants but in in a way like crawford did his fence in a way made him look very ordinary yeah and I assume we will see probably in the winter, in a way's next opponent being the Filipino slugger Marlon Tapales for the unification of the Super Bantamweight Championship. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's much chance of a loss there for Inouye either. So I think the big question here for Inouye is just how high up can he go and wait and still be a guy that can win. I mean, because really, I would have a hard time saying that he can't go to at least 126. I think he could go to 126, yeah. And and what did you say the guy's name was? Popolese? Maybe it rhymes with Popolese, yeah. yeah not, rhymes with Napolese, but now he's not Napolese right, right now. I, You know, 126, he's, uh, in a way, is 30 years old. So he, he's probably got three or four years, uh, three or four year window. He might. But he wants to be undisputed in all these divisions. So he's going to be undisputed pretty quickly in, at 122. 
I mean, a fight with Figueroa and Inoue would be, as long as it lasted, would be a firefight from the beginning. Because Figueroa, if you remember, he comes out bombing, throwing punches even before the bell rings. So that would be a slugfest, and Inoue would pick him apart and stop him. But for however long it stopped, it went, like four or five rounds probably. What about Rosie Ramirez at 126? That would be fine, but see, I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody that really can beat in a way at this point because Fulton was supposed to be the guy that could beat him, according to a lot of uh, the people that I was reading. He had the tools, the grit to beat him, and I thought he would certainly give him more than he did. And he, he you talk about a guy who was resigned, Mike. You could see it. He was tentative, and and he he he, he doesn't hit hard enough, and and that's a problem. I mean, you got to figure out another way to beat a guy like Inouye, who's technically so sound. Basically impossible. What about 130 to Oscar Valdez? Yeah, Oscar Valdez has flaws, as we know, but he's he's a really exciting fighter, and and I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know who Fulton. It looked like from from what I remember his frame, it looked like he could get up to 130, and and he would give Oscar Valdez all kinds of problems because we know what Shakur Stevenson did to Oscar Valdez, which was no surprise. But Shakur, as we both know, is another guy who's a great fighter. Yeah. So even at this point, even though he's so young, but so you you, you might be onto something. Fulton's best bet might be to 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 move up uh, uh, and, and challenge some guys. I mean, Valdez is going to fight Navarrete here. That's going to be a hell of a fight, uh, a fun fight, a fan fight for sure coming up. But I mean, he's it's, it's he's got options, so he could he he can move up if, if he wants, but. He's not ever going to be considered. I mean, he came out of nowhere. Fulton came out of nowhere. I was impressed, especially with the Figueroa fight, because he got down and dirty. I'm with talking him. about anyway, possibly going. Oh, anyway, up to 130. 130. I don't know. I, I don't. I think 130 is too much. I think 126 is about the top out point. The top out is 126. Yeah. If he and was 24, or 25, maybe. But I think 126 is about it for him. I, yeah, I he, would not bet against him at 130. Though. No, no, and and he grew, grew or whatever, or gained the four pounds. Doesn't sound like much, but he didn't look. He looked really, really super sharp, and you can sometimes tell with weight and fighters that, that it's really not what their natural weight. They look different, but he, yeah, he was on point. And the guy is like Crawford in the sense, Mike, that he's just so dedicated, and and that's what it takes. You know, that's what Andre Ward always said. You can't be goofing off and playing around for two or three months and then get back in the gym. You, you take a time, you take time off. Like I read Anna said, I'm going to take four days off and I'm going right back to the gym. That's your life. That's what you're doing. And that's how you really achieve what they do. And then of course you have the amazing talent that both of them have. All right, John. Well, we're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap it up. We got any fights coming up this weekend? Not that I'm thinking of right now. I have an article coming for the grueling truth on who else Crawford and in but I haven't checked this weekend. I know the 12th is the next one that I'm interested in. And, and, uh, uh um, right. Oh, wait, from, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. When's that? Uh, no, thank No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, actually that do, is August 5th. That is coming up this weekend. That'll be really exciting. Okay. Dubois, uh, Dubois and Usyk on the 26th of August is the one I'm looking at. And then Joshua and white too. I know you're not that interested in that one, but I'm interested. I'm in interested it. because it's you think Josh is going to get beat. August 12th. I think next week we should do a show on Navarrete and Valdez. I think that'll be a good fight. You got Joshua white the same day. Right. And then the 26, I won't even be able to watch that because of the time zone difference, but football team plays them. But Usyk Dubois, and in September 30, if you pay him for Canelo and Jermel. Yeah. 
What do you think about Regis Progress Devin Haney, which was just announced October 28th? I really like Regis. He, he, we had him on the old ringside boxing show, and he is a smart guy and a boxing historian type, reads all this stuff. I, but I don't know. I, I only saw parts of his last fight, and, and some said that he looked like he was starting to get a little over the hill. And and Devin Haney is hardly over the hill. Devin, sure, he had the fight with Lomachenko that was close. And, but he's just going to get better, I think, still. Haney's going to get better. Lomachenko fight probably helped him. So you got to give the edge to to Haney and, and, and that, I'll, even though, honestly, purely on being totally transparent here, I will be pulling for Regis Progray just because I like him so much as a person, but he deserves a big fight and the big money because he, he something happened in his career where he lost the, uh, some time and that's too bad because he's 34 now, I believe. And that's, that's getting up there. And then, and then, you know, you gotta remember boxers, not only the fights, the sparring, it takes it takes a toll on on your body. It has to. So I you know I don't know if he's crossed over where he's starting to go down. Haney will just pick him apart and beat him by decision probably. But Regis can punch. So you know and Haney can get hurt. All right. Remember, guys, check out John Responding on Amazon. His books: Blood on My Notebook, A Few More Rounds, and Intimate Warfare, which is the tale of Gotti and Ward and their three fights. Make sure you check them out. Highly recommend all three books. You won't find better boxing books. Go check out John on Amazon. Make sure you follow me or follow us on Twitter at Grueling Truth. Also, check out the link in the description in the YouTube video. Check out BetMGM, the best place for betting on boxing. There is. And make sure you follow us on Facebook. Also, this show can be heard with all of our other shows on Spotify, iHeartRadio, over 300 different outlets. But for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. For John Raspani, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak.